Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us. There were competitive games, though. They were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up. We were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Pure Victory Podcast. I didn't mention this last week, and you might be wondering why Matt sounded much more beautiful <laughs> and much more feminine. The reason why is it's my wife next to me. Hi. Sorry, Matt, if you're listening, buddy. But yeah, I'm so I thankful. I think we have my wife with me here because, you know, I think it worked well. We're talking with Ryan and Jen yes. about marriage. and So happy to have you guys back. Yes. We were discussing some great stuff about boundaries last week. So mm. if you're listening, please go back and listen to that because they discussed how they set boundaries in their marriage and what that looked like over the life of a pro hockey career. Mm-hmm. And if for those of you that are joining us in this one for the first time, go back. But if you aren't going to do that and you're going to listen to us here, Ryan and Jen been married for 39 years and they navigated what it was like to have a pro hockey career and that being Ryan. So yeah, please go back and listen to that first one. But that said, we want to welcome Ryan and Jen back for the second time. So mm-hmm. thanks guys for being here with us. Awesome. And we're going to get going right away into intimacy. And when we say intimacy, we're not just talking about sex. We're talking about <laughs> everything. <Hard>. That <laughs> <laughs> um, and sex is part of it for sure. But we want to talk about so much more, you know, the spiritual component of this. Emotional. The ability, emotional, the, the mental. friend part. The being friends. So we want to talk to you guys about what it looked like for you to cultivate intimacy in your marriage. So maybe unpack that a little bit of what that looks like for you. And you can go back. We talked about seasons. What did it look like early on for you, maybe, to to start cultivating this intimacy? All right, girl, you're up. Well, 
We had a, a real long distance romance when we were dating. Ryan lived in Washington, D.C., where we met when I was there for a weekend. And I lived in Toronto when we were dating. So all of our, our whole, we got to know each other through the mail, not email. There was no such thing. It was writing letters, telephone calls. Hold it, hold it. There was no internet? <laughs> there was no internet? How did we live? Yeah. (laughs) I actually think that gave us a head start in intimacy Mm -hmm. in some ways, because when you write to each other, you can be really vulnerable. And you're thinking about, Ryan talked last week about language. Well, you're thinking about words and language or pictures. He drew pictures all over his letters to me, which I still have. So you can kind of bury your soul in a special way. Hmm. And so we had a bit of a head start, I think. And and then once we were married, it was so amazing to be together because we hadn't been together. That's a good point. And so again, every moment, every minute was kind of special, I think, from, from the get-go. I think we treasured our togetherness in a way because – we had been so physically separate before marriage. And I remember our first Christmas, our Christmas Eve. This is mm. real memory for me. I think we might have had a Christmas Eve service at that church. Maybe not. But I remember us with our guitars, just the two of us singing Christmas carols together at our house, our little rental house in <laughs> Bay Fay in Montreal. First home there. Doing things together like that, special things or are really super and mm-hmm. and I promise I'm letting Ryan go next but the other thing that speaks to me about carving out time for intimacy in marriage is yeah. when we were when we got when Ryan proposed we prayed and and that day we asked the Lord to be part of our marriage to be in it so that there were three of us and he he's really mm-hmm. honored that request uh, which he does when we ask him for things. He's the good father that wants to give us good things. And and so once we started having kids, there was less time for intimacy for us. And because because Ryan worked nights playing hockey, the time for us to, to chat and get deep and be together was not in the evenings. That didn't work. And I was not a morning person at all, but the only time available <laughs> was the morning, early morning. And so we got this big plan. Ryan came up with it and we bought an automatic coffee maker <laughs> so that we could put the timer on, make it the night before. And, and we did all that and we set our alarm and we tiptoed to the kitchen and of course the kids heard us and woke up and that was it there was so we made a change and we moved the coffee maker into our bedroom Mm. and we still we use a french press now but i mean for like the next 30 years of marriage Mm. we did that we made our coffee the night before that was our alarm we woke up to the smell of coffee which is amazing coffee in the bedroom it's like so good (laughs) and got up and we had that time just for each other it was our time Mm -hmm. we we had our Bible time. We had our talking time, our prayer time. And the, ki- the kids actually called it Bible time. Like they knew when they woke <clears throat> up to go to our bedroom, not to go downstairs because they knew mommy and daddy were having Bible time. But that was like somehow in the busy life that we all live, we need to carve out time for just us or yeah. 
even better, just us and God, but just that time where you can bring problems to each other and, mm-hmm. and good things to each other. And just, it's just really important. Yeah, it's good. And that, that's a great principle, um, how you start the day and how you end the day together. Yeah. Mm. Those are, you know, have big discussions uh, to the listeners here, you know, around what is your what is your beginning of the day look like together and what, you know, how do you end it together? I think the other thing that happened to Jen and I early on is, and, you know, we give, uh, there's so many good resources that Family Life has and, and other groups, but, you know, we read about love languages early on and Jenny and I share touch. And so one of the things that we know, and we've often said this to each other, when our marriage is on, and it's on a lot. We're so thankful where, you know, it's not off a lot, although there have been those times. <laughs> <laughs> when, when our marriage is on, uh, we're holding hands. That's an indicator. So understand the indicators of intimacy. Mm-hmm. You know, for some people, it might not be, you know, touchy, touchy, feely, feely. Uh, you know, other other people, they're they're using words and they're sending beautiful letters or they're like there's there's so many ways that we can understand each other. And I think that we were fortunate in that, you know, touch for us, the, the, the holding hands was a sign that, OK, things are good. And then it was a, an indicator of being that we would be intimate and we could be intimate. So I think there's little tiny principles along the way and you have to figure them out yourself. I fell in yeah. love with him because he held my hand, Ryan. <laughs> we were crossing a busy street in Georgetown after a game. Uh, and I didn't t- want you to get run over. I know, but he took <laughs> my hand and it just melted me. So Then when you guys cannot hold hands, like during those busy seasons in life when Ryan was on the road and Jen, you were home, how did you keep that, if you can't touch right? How did you keep that alive? If that's your love language of just connecting through touch? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, Ryan worked hard to make up for it when he got home from the road. Yeah, (laughs) That's a a good point. I think the the other thing is, is if, you know, if you're, if you're separated, obviously it's so much of life is intent, isn't it? I mean, so, so, you know, we're, we're going to work hard to make time to, to talk to each other, even if it's 1130 at night or, you know, uh, the other thing that, you know, I, Jen, Jen often remembers and I often forget is for whatever reason in my lifetime, I have journaled. Mm-hmm. And and it's been the coolest thing, raising kids. We would highly recommend that one of the couple at least journals because the things that kids say you don't remember, you don't remember. And so you forget about them. And I used to write them. Jen would tell me I'd write them down. And then uh, we had a little fun little thing that on, you know, New Year's Eve, we were always playing a game somewhere. And so we were never together New Year's Eve. So I would, we would talk on the phone and I would get my journal out and we'd go over all the things the kids said that year. (laughs) You know, it was just sort of cool little. And laugh and laugh and laugh. Yeah, cool little traditions that you build over the years to say, okay, this is one of the ways that we create intimacy is that we do it our way. That's really good. Now, you guys have some experience being married. Now, there are couples out there that sometimes they face a really cold or difficult season where maybe they don't really know how to even move forward with intent. What does it even look like for them? If you were face-to-face with a couple like that, based on what you guys have learned, kind of how would you coach them? What would be some things that you would encourage them with? Especially maybe there's 
they face some trauma in their marriage or maybe someone's battling maybe an addiction of some kind like with pornography. I mean, no, that's deep. That's deep. But what are some basic principles or something that you would coach a couple that just needs to move away from that cold season back to warmth? Do you know what pops into my mind is something that we learned at a family life weekend getaway. And that was go back to friendship. When you're in a season of difficulty, it's it's not even necessarily, it's pretty tough to just go boom to intimacy or oneness. Or, but the things that drew you to one another when you were dating and when you were beginning your relationship, the things you did, in fact, together, try to go back to those things. Try to, okay, I'm not going to have a deep conversation with you, but could we go bowling? Yeah. You know, mm. That's something we liked to do. Can't do that now in COVID, actually. Right. <laughs> not an example, but to go back to let's play cards. Mm-hmm. No, we're not going to have a deep discussion, but uh, so the sort of the fun, lighter friendship aspects of a relationship that are really a super important. Yeah. That would be one thing. Yeah. Two things came to mind. Uh, the first is always, you know, I mean, AA does it and we all need it, is that we need to rely on somebody other than our spouse. Mm-hmm. We need God in our life. And I know some people don't have, or uh, shouldn't say that. Some people are just sort of pre-God, right? Like he's yeah. he's calling them, he's searching for them, and mm-hmm. and they haven't quite figured that out yet. But uh, that, that power is so important. I think the other thing mm-hmm. that, that hit me is buy a journal and journal gratitude for your spouse. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how often our minds take us to places that we don't want to go. Mm-hmm. And all we have to do is just shift our thinking and shift, you know, and recognize the gratitude that we really have towards our spouse, but we just don't focus on. And so, you know, well, okay, you know, we're going through a tough go here. Don't spend all your time talking about everything that's wrong in your journal. Spend a bunch of time, you know, looking back and being thankful and, and then looking forward and, and really focusing on what you want, right? Like, you know, I'm, I'd love to have a marriage like this. I'd love to have kids like this. I'd love to. And I, I think that those two pieces in, in a journal are, are so powerful because then the, the beautiful thing about a journal, your, your memory's fickle, but a, a journal, you got it and you put it in the bookshelf and in 10 years, you can go back and have a look and you've not only survived, but now you're thriving as a couple and you can use those examples with your kids and with your friends. Yes, I agree so much. And that I just read something today again about the health benefits of marriage. Like the, if we're, if you're struggling, if someone was struggling to find something to be thankful for that they studied a bunch of people, there's a Harvard study on marriage and the, the people in relationship at the age of 50 had a better mental brain outcome at the age of 80 and physical mm-hmm. outcomes. Like there's so many reasons why it's worth recognizing that we can get out of this difficult season it might take time, but there's so many reasons to do it. Positive reasons. Mm-hmm. And for us, we have grandchildren right now. For our grandchildren, I'm so thankful that 
we they know our kids don't have to share time between four sets of grandparents, you know, on Christmas Day, so that everybody can see everybody. But that we have mm-hmm. that legacy. We also are on our own again now, like we were at the beginning of our marriage. And yeah. I'm right. thankful that we worked on things so that this can be yeah. a real time of joy and happiness and comfort. But the statistics, you guys know them. There's so many, many, many out there about why it's better to be two than one as we mm. age in life. Yeah. And so it's it's having that goal. It's having that goal that I'm going to put the effort in here so that we can come out the other side happier because it's worth it. It's a great point. Uh, we say it to couples all the time that we're, uh, you know, honored to to spend time with. You know, we're on the, Jenny and I are on the other side of where most of the, you know, young couples like you guys. And what we just, just we preview, we want to preview for young married couples that, you know, continue to be best friends, like work on being best friends, because if you're not best friends at 60, you're gone. It's done. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, your your kids are gone. You probably have changed jobs three or four times. And this is the time to really enjoy being a best friend, you know, to your spouse. The the other thing that hit me, too, is, is just this, I, I think this concept, and I just fired at you, that I think sometimes the evil one fires in some, you know, prints. I'm not going to call them principles, but things that we should be careful around. And I think the first for me is when, whenever you have people, so Jenny and I have problems that that might, that might surprise you guys, right? <laughs> what? <laughs> you so yeah, so we have problems and our life has problems and our kids have problems and our grandkids. If you have people, you have problems. And I was just thinking through this concept here this last week, the ego in us tends to focus on who, so who's the problem? So I've got problems and now it's, you know, my spouse must be the problem. And John Gottman said to us early on on some amazing weekends that we went to that the masters of marriage did one thing that the rest of us don't do. And Jen and I are working on it. And I know you guys are. Don't make your spouse the enemy. Make the problem the enemy and fight the problem together. That is such a powerful piece. So here's how we're starting to, to language it. You know, ego focuses on who is the problem, but truth focuses on what is the problem. Hmm. So if you can look at it as a what, okay, what's the problem? Let's fix it. And not a who. And I think sometimes we tend to personalize stuff like that. And then and then that's a dark hole, right? You're going down a rabbit hole when you're calling your spouse names and you know, you're an idiot and I can't believe you did that. And you spent all our money again. And like, it's hard to come out of those rabbit holes. Yes. We'd love to get your ideas on all that. <laughs> this is about you. Not about- <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we love the way that you put that. And John Gottman, great resource if those of you want to check it out. And yeah, we've said this to couples so many times that you can't look across the table at each other and say, you're the source of my problem. You're my enemy. Instead, come around the table, stand side by side, view the problem together mm-hmm. and view it that way. Instead of, you know, fighting and looking at each other as a source of all of our strife and anger and mm-hmm. bitterness and everything else, not a good recipe or ingredient for an intimate marriage. I think that erodes intimacy. <laughs> it's hard though, Ryan's 
Brian's right. Like it's as a human, right? It just, we're so ego Like we're just all about ourselves and we sometimes, oh no, I'm not. But then when you think about it, it's like something goes wrong. It's like, oh, Braden, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so yeah. it just, it's learning to not do that, right? Yeah, that is, that is right. I'm yeah. kind of shifting gears here, but I'm just kind of curious. And maybe Jen has already talked about this. So Ryan's on the road. He's gone for a long time. Ryan comes home. He's like, baby, I'm ready, <laughs> you know, for, for sexual intimacy. Yeah. <laughs> And like, maybe he's not, maybe, maybe he just wants to have like two hour conversation first, but no, no. Um, not likely, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so just, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I know you guys like talked, like Ryan mentioned this, you talked on the phone a lot and that kind of thing. Was there anything that you learned as a couple that you needed to do prior to being physically intimate? You know, so he doesn't just come home, drop his, you know, suitcases at the door and be like, oh, you're gonna say drop his pants. <laughs> oh, drop his pants. That's even better. Because <laughs> you're like, what is he doing? Yeah. <laughs> you guys are talking about me right here, okay? <laughs> well, that could have happened in our first two years of marriage, but then we had kids. So mm. that was one level of. Um, prevention there <laughs> but mm-hmm. but yeah I guess maybe just came intuitively to to mm-hmm. us I don't remember having a time Ryan was really affectionate with me and like so this would be a big advantage to when he came home from the road is he would be anxious or thinking maybe about what's coming later. So he'd help me get the dishes done faster, the kids ready for bed faster. Like there are bonuses there yeah, <laughs> um, <right. laughs> so that everyone's settled in. But I think I knew if, actually at the end of a two week road trip, it wasn't just Ryan that would be, that was more than ready for <laughs> sexual intimacy. <laughs> we were, right. uh, <laughs> but you each other. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but women like to talk. I, I heard a brain specialist say basically that that the <laughs> the difference between the male and female brain, the male brain is basically created for sex, and the female brain is basically created for talking. So anyway, <laughs> I don't know how much truth there is there, but I think Ryan was really good at allowing us to have time to re reestablish our connection. <laughs> sharing verbally be you know so that it wasn't as a sudden it's kind of a thing i've been taught or known is that women need love to have sex men need sex to show love mm. i think mm-hmm. something like that you guys have heard that right. yeah. i think that we recognized in each other he would recognize that that i needed a, some reconnection time when he mm. came home but that kind of was facilitated once more easily once we had kids because yeah. you got quite a few hours of reconnection time <laughs> with the whole family before mm-hmm. anything's going to happen at all. So yeah. what did you say? I think you did a great job. I think, <laughs> I think I'm stopping now. <laughs> no, I just honor Jenny. You know, we, we have, uh, I like what you guys said at the beginning. There's, there is no manual. Right. They're, they're every couple's different and, and you find your way and you figure it out and what's right for you, you know, under the Lord, you know, with his eye on your marriage is right for you. And I, I, I think sometimes we get 
you know, focused on, oh, I have to be like this person or we have to be like this couple. But, you know, we all want to help each other. But I think you have to find what's right for you as a couple. But there sure are benefits that absence can make the heart grow fonder and just, you know, being separated that way and then coming back together and always saving ourselves for each other, I guess is the way I would put it. There's wonderful benefits there. And it's really, I think it's an important thing to think about in a world of bombardment of I don't know what the right word is, but sexualization, I guess, in entertainment and everywhere. And to say no and to make that a really important boundary, that's a pretty much, in my mind, that's a universal boundary for all of all Christian married couples to set. And then to have the, the joy and uh, incredible moment when you're back together again, if, if you are traveling because of your job like Ryan was that's a that just intensifies love and intimacy in marriage Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah I picked up on something kind of a theme of what you guys are talking about in your marriage and it really feels to me like you guys learned how to make one another a priority Mm. and to show that to one another not just say it but tangibly show that you are each other's priority how would you kind of break that down and not only that Maybe how would you tell another couple what it looks like to make each other a priority? It's a great one. That's a great thought. Thank you for that. A couple of things that we we tend to do, I don't know if it's intuitively or we've learned to do, is, you know, as much as there's boundaries on, you know, from the outside in and from the inside out, we try to share a lot of the tasks that we do, you know, in our home or or throughout our life together. So, you know, it's not Jen's job to do the dishes. Like I didn't grow, I I was fortunate in that, you know, I saw my dad do dishes. I saw my grandfather do dishes. Like it wasn't, okay, you do this and I do this and I'll meet you in bed. (laughs) It it was, you know, it it really, I always say to Jenny, you know, she'll say, thanks for doing that. And I say, well, it's nothing but hard work. It's really just hard work. It, if you're not willing to work hard for each other, you can't make each other the priority. Mm. So it's just, I think, sharing those. I think it's it's knowing that Jen's my best friend and then saying, okay, so what, what would a best friend want? What would I do for a best friend? I, I just want to be clear on that because I think sometimes we, you know, there and, and I, I want to honor, though, there are different cultures that do things different in marriage, right? So sometimes the man doesn't do dishes. I get that. I get that there's cultural stuff. But I think that when we lean towards helping each other, it, it, it's not a dishes thing. It's a, it's a throughout the day thing. And then the other thing I'd say that we're trying to work on, and uh, we're 62, we're still working on it, is to have really good peripheral vision. So this is where we're getting into the hockey side. Wayne Gretzky had brilliant peripheral vision. I had to bring Gretzky up because of Edmonton. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to help out here. You can see that. Thanks, Ryan. Yes. <laughs> so Gretzky had the best peripheral vision and just go and look at some of the plays that he made. I mean, how does he see the guy coming up the ice? And I think that Jen and I have been really focused on that word, S-E-E. What do you choose to see in each other? 
And in your peripheral vision, because we all get busy, do we see the great things that our spouse is doing with us and for us? Most people are blind to the amazing wife they have. But if they could ever get their their head up and, and use their peripheral vision and see how amazing she is, right? Then then things go a lot better. So I, I, I think there's some principles, and I love the way you guys have been uncovering these, that we can all utilize within the concept of our own, what would you put it, flavor? And because it's your marriage, it, it's not, you know, it's not our marriage and we're all different. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> That was really well said. And, you know, we could probably go further here, but I I would love to kind of end on that note because it's such a hopeful, positive thing to think through. Mm. And I really appreciate both of you guys. You know, when we we think in the world of, of success, you know, there's so many angles to that, right? Like it could be success in the business world, success in your career. I just love the fact that you guys are sitting before us right now and we see success in the sense of you've loved each other well Mm -hmm. and you are loving each other. Well, I think that's amazing. And I think that's something that we can all take away and just be encouraged by no matter where you are in your marriage, there's hope you can grow together Mm -hmm. and get better together. You don't have to stay stagnant and whatever season or life throws your way, you have the ability to grow together as God's the center of your marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, I encourage you to do that. Not only that, but you choose each other. You mm-hmm. work on this marriage that you have together. You build your intimacy. You set boundaries, as we talked about before. Mm-hmm. And you can have the success of a loving marriage that has this oneness. And so thank you guys so much. And we, we really know it's hard it. work. <laughs> I mean, like, we don't understand. You don't, you know, like we have this many kids and, and Jen and Ryan have five. <laughs> so they, they can do it. We can do it, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> That's right. Thank you. And thank you both, though, for allowing us to be a little part of your listeners' uh, day. And, and thanks for all you guys do, yes. you know, for marriages and, mm-hmm. and for Christian marriages across the world. Thank well, you. we really appreciate that, guys. And um, before we go, Ryan, quickly. Yeah, I was going to say, you want to ask him some yeah, hockey Your stuff. favorite goal. Favorite uh, goal. Yeah, well, it, it, the good news is it was against your arch enemy, Calgary. Okay, great. Calgary. Okay. So 1989, uh, double overtime. Uh, I was in the crease, but I banged it in. And I, I guess that, you know, that was my favorite at that point. So, wow. 1989. Oh, you guys lost the finals. One. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring that up, right? <laughs> yeah, you had to bring that it up. It was right? a great goal, though. Yeah. What a fun goal. Yeah. Well, hey, any goal against the Flames, especially in overtime. Well, thanks for sharing that, guys. And again, Thank you so much yes, for taking part in this with us. And where can we find you guys? You know, I know you have a website, Ryan. Do you want to just share briefly what Thank your website you. is? Yeah, it's just ryanwalter.com and people can send us a message or have a look there and just let us know how we can uh, help people. You know, we'd love right. to, actually, we'd love to uh, share two two free gifts too. We, Jenny and I write an e-newsletter together where we try to inspire people and it's mostly in the area of leadership. But, you know, we believe that, you know, that's a big chunk of marriage is, is being both of you being leaders. Mm-hmm. And the other one is we'd love to give you our, our, a PDF copy of our of our book, Hungry, as a free mm-hmm. gift. And so if, so if you people just want to go to RyanWalter.com and send us a note, we'll uh, we'd love to pass that on. 
Wow, that's amazing. Thanks, Thank guys. Yes. Please, people, uh, plug into that resource. Um, these are, this is a great couple. They have a lot of wisdom. And is the Hungry Book based on leadership? It, it is, but it's, it's more around how to stay hungry. So nice. it, it has a nice little connection to marriage. Sure does. Yeah. 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 Really does. Well, thank you guys. And everybody out there, thanks again for taking part in this with mm. us. Really thankful that you're plugging in and part of our tribe. And we will see you guys next week again. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.